Look at the weather. It's beautiful here. Non-stop rain. Oh, man, it is a blazer out there. It's cold and it's shivery. It is cold. Really coming down here. I really enjoy your weather reports. From the All Indiana Podcast Network. We're talking weather in a whole new way. From historical events to what's coming up. Plus, weather news, science, safety, fun facts, and more. I like where this is going. This is Weather Weekly. Weather Weekly with Wish TV Storm Track 8 meteorologist Marcus Bailey. Episode number 84 of Weather Weekly. Good to be with you here for the uh, last full week of the month of August. Is that right? It is right. Good to be with you. I'm meteorologist Marcus Bailey. Man, time's just flying by. Football's going to be around the corner here soon. Fall weather. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Although, hey, you know what? We've been feeling pretty good here. For August standards, we'll take it. Usually the dog days of summer, but temperatures have been lovely. So is the humidity. And some of those intermittent uh, rains, uh, chances that we've had have... Uh, not completely alleviated all the dry conditions, but uh, the drought has uh, been busted up a little bit. So we will take it. Uh, on today's episode, a couple of things. I wanted to highlight the um, historic flooding that took place earlier in the week down in Dallas. Pretty devastating. Um, unfortunately, at least as of recording this, there's been one fatality attributed to the flooding in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I want to talk about that. And today I'm recording this on the 23rd. Now this will drop on the 24th. Uh, but the 23rd marks the 30th anniversary for one of the most devastating hurricanes that's hit the lower 48, the United States. Uh, that was Hurricane Andrew. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, here, uh, coming up next here on Weather Weekly. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Episode number 84 of Weather Weekly. Good to be with you. A couple of subjects that I want to briefly discuss here. Uh, I mentioned before the break here, uh, it's a pretty historic flooding that took place in the... Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And unfortunately, as of recording here, so on the 23rd, uh, there is one fatality associated with the flooding that is going on. It was on a 60-year-old woman um, that uh, perished um, in, while she was in her vehicle and it was swept away um, into the floodwaters. Uh, some of the, just the quick notes here, uh, more than 15 inches of rain fell in some areas. Um, 
many of the roads there had turned into rivers, hundreds of flights delayed, canceled at uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. We mentioned the fatality, unfortunately, some of the mornings that are uh, coming out of, uh, from Tuesday morning. A lot of this all happened on Monday, the 22nd, basically from late Sunday night on the 21st through Monday. Um, there is now a uh, state of disaster declared um, in Dallas County where they're now requesting federal assistance. Um, it wasn't just Texas, although Dallas, obviously the big city that was impacted here, uh, but even Louisiana was hit pretty hard. Eastern parts of Texas, uh, some of the rainfall numbers that came out out of the Shreveport National Weather Service office uh, exceeding seven inches in some spots over a 24 hour period. Um, water rescues were still taking place as late as uh, Monday evening. Just kind of looking on some of the timeline on Twitter here. Lots of power outages. Uh, rainfall did top 15 inches in spots in East Dallas, according to the National Weather Service. That was confirmed by around 3 p.m. Eastern time um, on Monday on the 22nd. So just devastating flooding there. And again, it just came from some tropical remnants that uh, just parked themselves right over the Dallas area. The good news is they are starting to quiet things down. Um, uh, at least as of right now, and there's minimal rain in the forecast over the next couple of days. But it's interesting, and it kind of goes to, you know, we've talked about our drought situation, and then we had to deal with some flooding issues uh, a couple of months ago. I know once up around Fort Wayne, and then we had some other issues uh, as well with some pretty heavy rainfall. Um, and these were areas that were in drought. Texas is in a pretty significant drought. Um, but... You know, you can only take on so much water. Doesn't matter how dry you are, you can only take on so much water at one time. Um, and 15 inches is a lot of water in less than 24 hours. Anywhere, anywhere. I don't know if there's many places that can take that much water on uh, well at all. So um, that's going to be probably an ongoing story as they will re uh, recover from that uh, here over the next several days as those waters will take time to recede. So that's what's happening now. I think it was important to bring up here um, a pretty significant benchmark anniversary. It's 30 years for one of the costliest and one of the deadliest uh, most uh, and strongest hurricanes on record to ever hit the U.S. mainland. And that is Hurricane Andrew uh, made landfall on today's day. And I mentioned today that I'm recording uh, the 23rd of August. Uh, back in 1992, 1992. So just kind of making you run through, well, I guess I should, I should, um, uh, kind of give you the quick stats here. So August 23rd, 1992, and that's when the rain bands, um, moved, uh, over Florida and uh, the official stats here, um, 15 direct fatalities, 29 indirect fatalities. Um, when you're spe uh, specifically talking about just Florida, a $25 billion damage uh, price tag. It was a Category 5 major storm. It is ranked as the sixth 
costliest hurricane on record. At the time, it was the most costly. Uh, 50.5 billion with a B. Um, it made landfall at Homestead as a Category 5 hurricane, and then it moved into the Gulf of Mexico, curved north, and came ashore in Louisiana as a Category 3 hurricane. So it, it double-dipped. Um, there's a few more hurricanes that have since been more costly, and I'll go through those. Number 5, Irma in 2017, $52.5 billion. Sandy at, uh, in 2012, $74.8 billion. Obviously, you know, you can debate that all you want. No, better known as Superstorm Sandy, even though that's not a real word uh, in the meteorological sense. Uh, but it was no longer a hurricane once that made landfall uh, up toward uh, New York City. Uh, number three, Maria, 2017, $95.5 billion. That was over Puerto Rico. Harvey in 2017, not an exceptionally strong storm. Um, once it really did all of its damage, where the problem lied is Harvey just kind of camped out. It did make landfall as a category four, but then it just didn't move and it ended up dumping that immense amount of rain over Houston. And then obviously number one, and it's not even close Katrina 2005 at 170 billion dollars. And of course, most of that, um, destruction was due to the failure of the levee system in new Orleans. Okay, so Andrew at the time was kind of a benchmark storm. Um, it still ranks in the top five as strongest hurricanes. Um, Labor Day hurricane of 1935 was the strongest at 185 mile per hour winds. Camille in 1969, 175 mile per hour winds. And then Andrew ranks third uh, of 165 mile per hour winds when that made landfall in Florida, followed by Michael in 2018 and Ida in 2021. That's the most recent. <clears throat> and Ida was kind of the big tester for the new rebuilt levee system uh, around New Orleans when that made landfall. And it did hold up uh, with a uh, 150 mile per hour winds um, there. So still a top three, top to top three hurricane there. So quick notes about Andrew. So, and it does go to show, and I'm not saying that there are similarities to this hurricane season um, compared to 1992, but it is so far, you know, uh, up to the month of August, uh, so far has been a very quiet hurricane season, as was 1992, uh, case in point, Andrew made landfall in August, and if you're, you know, paying attention, we go alphabetically in the Atlantic hurricane season. That was the first hurricane or named storm in the Atlantic season. And it just took that one to just really pack a punch. So quick notes on Andrew and the effects on Florida, which I'll focus on more because that's where most of the devastation was. Um, at the time, it was the costliest disaster in the state's history as well as then costliest on record in the United States. Andrew formed from a tropical wave on August 16th, 1992 in the tropical Atlantic Ocean. It moved west-northwest and remained weak for several days due to strong wind shear. 
However, after curving westward on August 22nd, the storm rapidly intensified to reach peak winds of 175 miles per hour. Following its passage through the Bahamas, Andrew made landfall near Homestead, Florida as a Category 5 hurricane on August 24th. Eventually, Andrew struck southern Louisiana before it dissipated over the eastern United States on August 28th. Strong winds from the hurricanes hurricanes significantly affected four counties in the state of Florida, which damaged or destroyed over 730,000 houses and buildings while leaving more than one million without power. The storm surge impacted portions of Miami-Dade County, peaking at around 16.9 feet just north of Homestead near the Burger King International headquarters. The surge caused significant damage to boats and to the Charles Deering Estates. The nationwide maximum, uh, the nationwide maximum rainfall total from the hurricane was 13.98 inches in the western portions of Miami-Dade County. No major flooding was reported in the state. The hurricane caused about 200. I'm sorry, 25.3 billion dollars in damage and 44 deaths in the state, 50 directly from the storm's effects and 29 indirectly related. Many other sources, however, estimated that Andrew caused more than $34 billion in damage in the state. Andrew was, at the time, the costliest hurricane in the history of the United States. It was surpassed subsequently years by Hurricane Katrina in 05, Ike in 08, Sandy in 12, and Harvey, and we just mentioned that, Irma and Maria in 17. So those are kind of the quick notes um, of what happened there. So some of the impacts here briefly. Some officials in Florida considered Andrew the worst storm in the state since Labor Day hurricane in 1935. Almost all the damage in Florida was caused by strong winds. So you compare that to, um, you know, Katrina, which was the costliest hurricane on record. That was all due to flooding and levee failure. Although effects from Andrew were catastrophic, the extent of damage was limited mainly from Kendall South to Key Largo due to the small wind field of the storm. Following the storm, more than 1.4 million lost electricity and another 150,000 were without telephone service. It is estimated that throughout Florida, some 63,000 homes were destroyed, leaving at least 175,000 people homeless. In addition to homes, the storm damaged or destroyed 82,000 businesses, 32,900 acres of farmland, 31 public schools, 59 health and facilities or hospitals, 9,500 traffic signals, 3,300 miles of power line, and 3,000 water mains. Overall, Andrew caused $25.3 billion in damage, and we mentioned the 44 fatalities in Florida alone. However, other estimates report that Andrew caused $32 billion in overall damage. Of the 44 deaths, we mentioned 15 were direct, 29 were indirect. Uh, it was later noted that had the storm been slightly larger or made landfall a few miles farther north, it would have significantly affected Miami and Fort Lauderdale, which would have resulted in even higher damage and likely death toll. So in Miami-Dade, that was kind of the, the took the brunt of this. Um, on the coastlines, 
Tides were generally light and usually range from four to six feet in Biscayne Bay. However, at the Burger King International headquarters, a storm surge of 16.9 feet in height was observed. The building suffered more than 24 million dollars in damage and forced the company to abandon corporate offices during one of its more significant product promotions nearby at the charles deering estate 16 foot large or waves ravaged the property the natural areas were devastated while only the farthest inland sections of the richmond cottage remained standing damage to repair the estate cost approximately 7.2 million a large boat was lifted ashore in a canal south of Deering Bay where water levels were 14 feet above normal. So many boats in southeast Florida were damaged from high tides produced by the storm. Most notably, uh, the Belzona Barge was damaged, which was a 215-foot, 350-ton barge at the Boca Chita Key Historical Site, a bridge and stone wall were destroyed. In addition, the powerful seas also extensively damaged coral reef, uh, uh, coral reef uh, system offshore of Southeast Florida. It is estimated that the storm caused at least $500 million in losses to boats at Homestead Air Reserve Base, then known as Homestead Air Force Base. A barometric pressure of 922 millibars was measured, making Andrew the most intense hurricane to strike Florida since Labor Day hurricane of 1935 and the strongest tropical cyclone to make landfall in the United States since Hurricane Camille in 1969. Throughout the state, rainfall totals range from light to moderate, with precipitation from the storm peaking at 13.98 inches in the Everglades portions of Miami-Dade County. Extreme winds were reported in Miami-Dade. At some locations, the anemometer was either destroyed or failed because before the highest wind occurred. A home in Perrine, or Perrine reported winds of 212 miles per hour. However, after a wind tunnel testing at Clemson University of the same type of anemometer revealed a 16.5% error, that wind speed figure was revised downward to 177 miles per hour at the Kendall uh, Tamiani Executive Airport. Sustained winds of 127 miles per hour was noted for three to five minutes though the needle failed before conditions deteriorated further. Sustained winds of 115 miles per hour and gusts to 164 miles per hour were reported at the National Hurricane Center headquarters in Coral Gables. Shortly thereafter, the anemometer uh, and the WSR-57 radar at the National Hurricane Center were blown off the roof and destroyed. Offshore, the Seaman Station at Fowey Rocks reported sustained winds of 142 miles per hour and gusts nearing 170 miles per hour. However, the instrument there failed shortly after 4 a.m. on August 24th as the wind field of Andrew was small. The northern extent of hurricane-forced winds only reached to Miami Beach. So, pretty incredible wind Um wind uh, reports there now the aftermath shortly after conditions from hurricane andrew subsided then president of the united states george hw bush 
assess damage in the Miami area with then-Governor of Florida Lawton Childs. Uh, Bush quickly declared the region a disaster area, which provided public assistance to victims of the storm in Broward, Collier, Miami-Dade, and Monroe counties. In addition, Lieutenant Governor Buddy McKay flew over the impact area and noted that it looked like a war zone. On September 11, 1992, then-Governor Lawton Childs considered asking the Florida State Legislature to raise taxes, citing that no matter how much Congress appropriates to repair damage from Hurricane Andrew, the state will face a substantial clean bill. So, you know, that's kind of a rarity that they were going to ask to raise the taxes there significantly to help kind of foot the bill from the damage. So um, pretty incredible stuff there. Um, They've rebuilt since then. There have been new building codes because of that as well. Um, And... it did have some sort of political impacts on then president um George H.W. Bush who only ended up having it about a 65 uh, percent approval rating of the handling of the disaster in Miami-Dade County alone and only 61 percent for the entire state um So, and then, of course, he ended up losing to uh, Bill Clinton um, later in the upcoming um, election, presidential election. So, um, again, you know, one of the stronger ones that we've had, and it came off a relatively quiet hurricane season where that was the first not only named storm, but the first storm that made landfall uh, in that 1992 season. Very similar to what we've had this year. Um Thankfully, there's no signs of anything like that, although there's a little bit of activity kind of ramping up. It does go to show, though, that you always need to be prepared, always need to be prepared because and I was reading just kind of in preparation of doing this podcast briefly, they were interviewing then acting um, uh, man in charge uh, from the National Hurricane Center that since then you haven't really had a direct hit from a massive hurricane in that same area of Florida since it's been 30 years. And so there's a whole new generation that has no idea what that's even like. And so you become complacent and you don't really think about preparing. And this is when you need to kind of have that plan in place. Those that went through it, I'm sure still keep it in the back of their mind about how horrific that situation was. Um, I vaguely remember, Andrew, I would have only been 11 years old when that happened, uh, but I do remember it being an enormous story um, nationally, and I remember kind of being glued to the Weather Channel when that was going on. That was kind of my first, I think, real um, real um, experience watching wall-to-wall coverage when it came to some type of severe weather event. And I just remember the devastation that that happened. And it was very it was tough to comprehend the magnitude of it, because living in Indiana, you didn't get those type of large systems like that. So it was just it was something to behold and something to see and hopefully something that we can continue to learn from um, uh, over the years as we get 
farther and farther away from some of these mega hurricanes uh, causing significant uh, damage. No issues like that out in the tropics, thankfully. And you know what? No issues like that here closer to home as well. It's been very quiet weather pattern. We'll see if that continues as we look ahead to the rest of your week forecast here. That's coming up next on Weather Weekly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Here's a look at the forecast for the rest of the last week of the month of August. You know what? Pretty good looking forecast here. No major complaints. Um, We're going to keep things pretty quiet um, for the remainder of the week, we believe. Now, we're going to gradually kind of warm things up mid 80s for your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday, you got to keep an eye out if you do have some outdoor plans. I don't think it's a huge issue. We have a real weak boundary, a cold front that's going to kind of work through the state. Uh, dying off uh, Friday, and that could squeeze out a few isolated showers. I'm not real big on the chances. Uh, we maybe go 20 to 30% on the high end. It's just very spotty. Not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of uh, moisture involved with that, so I'm not overly concerned there. Weekend does look to be a bit warmer. I think we're going to kind of dial up the humidity a bit more as well. Upper 80s, I think, very much in play for both Saturday and Sunday, and then that will carry over, I think, as we start rolling into early next week, where I've got numbers close to... Um, and near 90. It's been a couple weeks, too, since we've actually hit 90 degrees. So that's still very much in play. Uh, you want to go beyond that, however. Uh, the long-term numbers are showing a bit of a cool down, I think, by the middle of next week, where we could see highs in the mid and upper 70s. The 8- to 14-day outlook's going near normal with the temperatures and kind of a chance for above-average precip for the southern third of the state, below-average for the northern third of the state. So something to keep an eye on. The September outlook is also out and no significant signs that we could go either way. It's kind of equal shots for both uh, temperatures to go above or below normal. And same thing goes for precipitation Uh, could go above or below normal for precip as well. So no strong signals there as we go into uh, the new month, which we will kick off next Thursday, Thursday. So a couple of weeks from now, we'll do the September preview. Uh, here but thank you for joining us uh, on this uh, week's podcast we appreciate your time if you have any feedback or you'd like to uh, for us to cover a subject you can shoot me an email anytime marcus.bailey at wishtv.com you can also find me on social media marcus bailey weather in the search bar on facebook uh, and at marcus bailey both on twitter and instagram as well i think you can find me on tiktok i don't remember the name i don't really post much on there i've got a couple of videos 
videos, but uh, may start to try and do that a little bit more. I don't know how handy it is with weather related things, but um, but everybody, all the cool kids seem to be on TikTok these days. So I think it's I think it's also Marcus Bailey weather on TikTok. Uh, so you can check check that out um, as well. Good to be with you, and I hope to hear you and see you next week here for another great uh, podcast episode. While you're here, make sure to check out all the other great podcasts, all part of the All Indiana Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next week, and God bless. Discover more. Discover more from Stormtrack 8 Weather and Wish TV. Online at wishtv.com and when you follow Wish TV on Facebook. Plus, be sure to check out more great podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now. Now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.